World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, April 19th. Isn't that listen to my children right at Paul Revere on the 18th of April? Paul Revere wrote last night, I think. 18th and April 18th, I think, is Paul Revere's ride last night. Time for another one. Time for another Paul Revere and another Paul Revere's ride. But I can't do it because we've got snow on the ground on April 19th here in Ohio. So my wife says, let's move to Hawaii. Let's just let's just let the world go to hell and let's mean you go to Hawaii. Uh, where would that be? Maui. Maui's nice. Maui, but now we just lay on the beach every day. I could take my cell phone. I could scroll up and down my cell phone. I could eat. I could get even fatter. I could relax. And then I could die. And I wouldn't have to shovel snow. wouldn't have to mow grass. wouldn't have to do any of that. Yeah, that, that sounds a ticket. Can, can't do that, though, can we? Can't do that. I... Well, I got I'm heavy this morning. I got I got a heavy a heavy anointing on me again today. I said that a couple of weeks ago. I got one on me today again. And I wanna try to uh, acknowledge a couple of things before we uh get up and get that anointing gone. Uh we made a connection last night, just pretty unique. Uh, Betty got a hold of Michelle. My my phone went wacky on me last night. My face everything went crazy on my phone last night. Meaning what? My phone, my wife calls me on my phone. You know her name pops up, mom, whatever pops up on my phone. It didn't. Just a phone number from Mount Vernon, Ohio popped up. And I looked at the number, and that was Michelle's number. And then Facebook went down. Then it got booted off Facebook. And devil's watching, I think. Devil's watching. But Betty got a hold of Michelle, my wife Michelle, and said that uh, one of her family members was ill, definitely ill. Anything we could do? So, yeah. Yeah, Michelle said, sure, let's call Paul Goslin. So I called Paul Goslin last night from South Dakota, I think, is it South Dakota, to Maine. Got Paul on the. So what the heck was going on? Betty, you introduced. What was going on, Betty? Let's get. Um, this I'll, is I'll... my sister, even though she's not my blood. We're both in uh, foster home together. Uh, she's a gem too, just like Michelle. And she's from North Dakota. And her husband North Dakota, sorry. got COVID, never gotten the jab or anything, but got COVID or something a couple of years ago. And he's just not been himself, but in the last, I don't know, maybe year or so, if I'm not right, right Tammy, correct me. He's just kind of going downhill and was having chest pains and just fatigue and just different symptoms. And last night, Tammy called me, and it was heartbreaking. She was desperate to find help. And we were talking, and she mentioned Dr. Paul, who I was thinking of, too, also, that he is, and she's right, he's very knowledgeable, very, very passionate, very kind and patient and 
So I told her that I would call Michelle and to get a hold of you to see if we could connect with Dr. Paul. And what happened? You connected with Dr. Well, she, I don't know how it went about, but somehow you connected with Dr. Paul. So, and what's the story, Tammy? Well, we actually um, have a doctor that has listened to us. Uh, my husband has been in ER several times. And um, I guess to make a long story short, with um, I'm kind of nervous. This is new to me. Um, they basically told him that he maybe has something like anxiety or panic disorders. And that's kind of what they came down to. And a couple of nights ago, it was very scary because his whole body, body started to tremble. Um, we think we're thinking it was COVID. And, um, but all of that aside, we spoke with Dr. Paul last night and he totally gave us a different route that possibly isn't COVID, but maybe a um, hiatal hernia, something like that. But hmm. last night, Steve slept very well, um, so we had a good night, and um, we're very happy to be here, and thank you so much, Dr. Paul. Thank you to um, Coach Dave and Michelle for helping us out and guiding us through all of this. So, so hey, Paul, so how can, how can doctors miss this kind of stuff? Because they tell you what's wrong with you. You got to listen to the people. They'll tell you what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty simple huh very simple it just pretty requires simple. that you care yes hey, yeah. you know, by the way dr paul uh this is kind of maybe this is i want to do this business anyway um i tried to make a donation online yesterday to you there's any place to do that how do, how do we do that mm-hmm. i went to patriot dash health and tried to make an offering to you and couldn't do it must be God intervening then. <laughs> he doesn't want me to get corrupted by money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It could never happen. Um, I, I guess I it's... I'll turn the speaker on if they let me talk about it. No, no. Clay, we can hear you, Clay. Uh, it's Gabriel's health ministry. Um, Heath was supposed to take care of that. He's down in North Carolina, right? Gabriel'sHealthMinistry.com. Gabriel'sHealthMinistry.com. Gabriel Health, okay, because I went to Patreon, whatever. GabrielHealthMinistry.com. All right. There's an Paul. S on Gabriel's. Gabriel with an S. Is there a Help. place to donate there? Click here to donate. Go donate, click here. Polly, put send me an email on that. Cool. Well, thanks. Glad that it all worked together. By the way, this is what a uh, this is how a family is supposed to operate, isn't it? And this is how a church family is supposed to operate. I think it is. I think it is. Coach, I uh, want to really thank you guys too for helping her out because she's doing our job. Gently not disconnected with me and is stuck with whatever. Just doing our job. Just doing our job. I hired Brett, you in here. How'd your night go last night, Brett? Are you in here? Oh, yeah. No, no, we're, we're up. What an amazing night, Coach Dave. Um, uh, Coy Griffin, the cowboy for Trump, came. He called uh-huh. the resistance chicks on the way, and he showed up with his horse red, and it was an amazing, the ChristianRevolution.net national church tour, and it was an honor to be there, Coach. And we live-streamed it, and we'll get the video. We'll put it out. Cool. Awesome. Good stuff. I got some, I got some heavy stuff I want to lay on it, if I can. Can I do that right now? Let me... Let me um, let me show a couple videos. I want to show. I want. Uh, I made some notes to myself. Number one note I made to myself. This is where we're going to go here for the next fifteen minutes or so. 
Number one, remember this, don't ever forget this. Fear is your friend, not your enemy. Fear is your friend. Bible says that the fear of the Lord drives us to repentance. Fear is your friend. The spirit of fear is your enemy. Those are not the same things. Good natural fear will tell you, I better go to the doctor. I better stop doing this. I better do this. I better not do that. Natural fear is your friend. The spirit of fear, unnatural fear, is not your friend. The fear of the Lord is healthy. That's what we've lost. That's what we've lost. We've lost the fear of the Lord, and we have the spirit of fear. It's a great exchange that's taking place. Fear is our friend, not our uh, enemy. Number two, the spiritual world, in the spiritual world, misery loves company. Misery loves company. Now, listen, listen. The demonic world wants nothing more than for you to join them in their misery. The demonic world has nothing at all to offer you except death and destruction. Excuse me. But misery loves company. So they want as many of you going down that dark pit as possible, because misery loves company. And if we're not smart enough to figure out that God, the fear of the Lord, is our friend, and that the enemy wants nothing more than to fill you, fear you, fill you with fear into the pit of hell, then you don't even understand Christianity. Number three, one more. I got one more. What did I put down there? Uh, uh, maybe I did. Maybe it was only two. So I want to show you a couple ticks. Uh, we were talking before we went on show here today that one of the worst things ever invented, I guess I didn't say it on the show, I was thinking it, so I was coming down. One of the worst things ever invented anywhere is uh, the sinner's prayer. You'll find the sinner's prayer nowhere, nowhere, not one time, not one time did you ever hear Jesus say, repeat after me. Say this and repeat after me. You won't find any of the disciples ever saying it. You won't find, <clears throat> you will not find excuse me, anywhere in the scriptures, anybody say, repeat this prayer after me and you'll be saved. It's not there. Yet, I saw again how many people, by the way, like uh, like what they call that, like badges of honor, I saw how churches love to tell how many people were saved, how many salvations they had at their church on Sunday. Salvations. It's, it's, it's the marks. It's medals hanging medals on the wall to people who really aren't even saved. They're not even saved. I got a couple of really ugly things I want to show you here real quick, right off the bat, and then I'm going to jump into where I want to want to head here this morning. Hey, this isn't going to be so much cultural today. This is going to be spiritual. And I hope at the, uh, hope at the end of this show today, all of us have a greater fear of what we ought to be afraid of than what we're not. Here's what, here's what God would call, play number one, a reprobate mind. There's some bad, bad language in it. Friend, you are looking at a reprobate mind, a mind reprobate meaning really in a whole lot God can do with it. I'm done with it. Giving them over to a reprobate mind. This is, this is a video that somebody made about the aborted babies being burned. It's very, very short. It's one minute. These are reprobate. The fear of the Lord, they do not know. Go ahead. 
Aborted babies being burned and then used for electricity? I hope they are. Jesus, I am so fucking tired of seeing this. You know what? I fucking hope so. I hope so. I sure hope so. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> oh god, I hope so. I can just imagine the fucking snowflakes with that one. <laughs> oh no. I just eat mine straight from the can. Mmm. I don't think we should be asking, are they being burned and used for electricity? I think we should be asking, why aren't they being burned and used for electricity? Recycle and burn them. Ooh, sustainable energy. I love the advocacy. We should try it if we have it. Portable charger. Give me your feet. That's what, that's, uh, hey, friends, I don't care what Billy Graham told you. I don't tell you what your friends told you. God hates all workers of iniquity. Those people are lost. Can they be saved? Amen. Uh, they can be saved, maybe. But right now they're the enemies of the cross. See, the Bible doesn't teach anymore that, they're, that the church has enemies. That's why, we're, that's why we're in the mess that we're in today. God doesn't have any enemies. The church doesn't have any men enemies. God loves everybody. God loves everything. He wants you to have your best life now. All that malarkey, because there's no fear of God in the land. Next video, number two. Put, play this on a 1.5 speech play, speed. This one almost made me gag more than the one I just watched. This is an evangelical Lutheran church someplace in South Carolina. Go ahead. This is the pastor, I think. Thank you for visiting the Trinity Lutheran Church, Greenville, South Carolina website. On behalf of this congregation, I thank you for your interest in us. Trinity Lutheran Church is a progressive Christian community that deeply values diversity, inclusion, and hospitality. We know that this world and our lives are broken, flawed. We also know that many people feel disconnected, isolated, alone much of the time. And we are also aware that the church has deeply wounded many people. It's our hope in this place that we can create a space, a space of healing and comfort and grace where all people will feel connected, where all people will find a place of belonging, a place in God's home. We believe that God loves, honors, values, affirms, and celebrates every single human being, all people. And in this place, all really means all. If you are struggling with addiction or mental illness, if you have spent time in jail, if you are gay or trans or bi, if you've always had enough, if you've always struggled to have enough, there's a place for you here. Regardless of the color of your skin or the country of your origin or the baggage you carry, there is a place for you here at Trinity. If you are eager to be a part of a Christian community of believers and doubters, people who are trying every single day to do the very best they can to serve God, then this just might be the right place for you. There is a place for you here, and we'd love to see you here in the pews at Trinity. Our liturgical traditional worship encourages and inspires us to reach out into the world, to serve one another, to be in ministry with our brothers and sisters in this community and around the world. Trinity is a place of hope and comfort and healing and grace and love. God's love lives here. It's great that you've chosen to visit our website, but what we would really love for you to do is to take a risk, a little leap of faith, and worship with us on Sunday morning. Give me and give this congregation an opportunity to extend welcome and hospitality to you, to make a place for you. 
hope our paths will cross again soon in this place. But until then, I really want you to know that you are surrounded and filled with God's love, God's healing, God's grace, God's mercy. Know this day that God loves you dearly. So that's what, see, we have humanized, excuse me, we've humanized the gospel. We've made the gospel only about us here, now, happy, healthy, wealthy, friendly, tolerant, diverse, come be one of God's children, right? That's become the gospel. That's why we're being overrun, ravaged by the forces of darkness who see this as a spiritual war and doing everything they can to take us to hell with them because why? Misery loves company. Play number six uh, real quickly. This is from Ray Comfort. I like Ray Comfort. Uh, 1220 Mark. Thank you, Spencer. This is Ray Comfort speaking about the sinner's prayer. And when this starts, he, I just watched this video this morning. He had just done uh, his Ray Comfort thing. Some of you know what it is with this guy right here. But listen to what Ray says about the sinner's prayer. Go ahead. I know what's going to happen in the comment section. People are going to say, why didn't you pray the sinner's prayer with Kelly? Well, let me answer that. Let me address it once and for all. The sinner's prayer is not biblical. You can't find it in Scripture. And I actually used the sinner's prayer on 28 of my friends as a new Christian and 27 backslid. They didn't actually backslide. They didn't slide forward in the first place because I instigated a false conversion. They didn't understand what they were doing. They were just trying Jesus to see if it's as good as everyone says it is. So think of what Nathan did with David. When David realized he had sinned against God, he didn't say, David, say this prayer after me and really mean it from your heart. No, he left David to seek the Lord. And we got Psalm 51 where David cried out, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. See, if a man's committed adultery against his wife... She's not interested in me coming along with him, holding him by the hand and saying, you tell your wife you're sorry now, say this after me, dear wife, I'm sorry, I've committed adultery. That's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to lead him in some sort of apology. And sinners shouldn't have to be led in an apology to God. It should spill from their hearts. So I fear God. I don't want to mess around with people's salvation. I don't want to inoculate them like I did my 27 surfing buddies by doing something unbiblical. So I just commend them to God's faithfulness, and he saves people in his time because you know, your methodology will reflect your theology. What you believe will be reflected in what you do. And if you think we save people, you'll go ahead and pray this in his prayer without any concern. But if you really fear God and realize salvation's of the Lord, you'll let God save people and not do something that's just mere man's tradition. Hope that helps. God bless you. Amen. This is what I give to people. Okay, okay. So listen, I, I want uh, the Holy Spirit just change, just change what I want to do. I, I, I want to hear, listen, I don't want your life story. I don't want your life story. I want a story. And I want you to, some of you, come in here right now and tell me briefly your salvation story. And were you led to Christ because, number one, you hit rock bottom. Number two, the fear of God struck you. Or number three, somebody loved you and told you how much God loved you, and so therefore you came into the kingdom. So go, go ahead right now. Some of you are willing to tell what happened. What drove you? See, the Bible says it's the fear of the Lord that drives us to repentance. Fear of the Lord. Now, Spencer, while they're doing that, go to Webster's for me right now. Because when the Bible talks about um, 
Sin, sin, it uses words like this. I wrote them down. Ransom. What, what's a ransom? Ransom. The money or price paid for redemption of a prisoner or a slave. Redemption. Ransom. You owe somebody something, and somebody comes and pays your way out of it. That which procures the release of a prisoner or a captive or of captured property and restores the one to liberty and the other to the original owner. So Bible talks about there's a ransom that must be paid. The Bible talks about debt. What is debt, Spencer? What is debt? Debt is that which is due from one person to another. Whether money, goods, services, that which one person is bound to pay or perform to another. We owe, a, we owe a debt we cannot pay. What is a trespass, Spencer? A trespass. Literally, to pass beyond, hence primarily to pass over the boundary line of another's land. To enter unlawfully upon the land of another, to commit any offense or to do any act that injures or annoys another, to violate any rule of restitute to the injured injury of another, sins and trespasses. Death is a payment, friends. Death is the payment. Death is what you pay for with. It's a price required for your sin. It's the price required for the ransom. It's the debt. It's the trespass. It's the payment required for what? For you to be restored to your original relationship with Christ, the way that it was supposed to be. The Bible says the soul that sins, it shall die. The wages of sin, did I put that in there? Yeah, the wages of sin, put that in there, Spence, wages. Wages of sin is death. The wages of sin. What is a wage? Higher reward, that which is paid or stipulated for services. It's not about having your best life now. The wages of sin The price that must be paid for sin is death. The soul that sins, it shall die. No death, no payment. Do you understand, friends? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You owed a debt you could not pay, and the debt just didn't get written off. Somebody paid it. They paid it. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Remission. What's remission, Spencer? Amen. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Remission is what? Abatement. Relaxation. Moderation. Diminution of intensity. Release. Discharge. And, uh, forgiveness, pardon, without the shedding of... So you sinned, dude. You've got a wage, a ransom, a debt, a trespass. 
You got a bill, you got to pay. Period. It's the way it works. Boom. Jesus ain't your best friend. God didn't come down here because he just wanted to save little old you. He came and God wanted to be reconciled. The Bible says Jesus reconciled the world to himself. There's another word. What's a reconciliation? What's it mean to reconcile? That's a, that's a, that's a tax term, right? Your books to conciliate anew, to call back into union and friendship. To bring to acquiescence, content or quiet submission, to make consistent or content, to pay a debt, reconcile the books so they balance. So you sin, somebody's got to die. You sinned, somebody's got to bleed. You sinned, somebody's got to pay a debt. That's the gospel, friends. That's the gospel. Not Jesus loves you, one has a wonderful plan for your life. Where did, that, where did that ever come from? How did that become the central focus of Christianity? And you know what it is? We don't fear the Lord. I'm going to take you to some scriptures. Go ahead, Brett. Nobody else, nobody else has a salvation story because the Bible says you overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And if you can't tell a testimony of how you came to Christ, you didn't come. Ooh. I know when I met Betty Perkins. I know where I met Myra. I know where I met Randy. I met Randy down at Chad Estes' place. I know where I met Chad. I met Chad in Washington, D.C. I know where I met my wife. I can still see it. You mean to tell me you can't say when you met Jesus? You can't tell us? What? Hey, most Christians can't. Sorry. Well, I just kind of raised that way. You know, I was in church my whole life. Right? Right? And then they go into these churches, and what happens to them when they get in these churches? We know what happens to them. I'll get you in here, Myra. I'm sorry, I'm on a rant here. Hang on a second. Brett, you had your hand up. Go ahead, Brett. I did, Coach, but I don't want to miss what you just shared. You huh? said many, many times on this call, in this locker room, in this huddle, you said you don't even know how to share the gospel. We need to repeat that like game film and replay what you just shared. You nailed it. That's because thank you, Coach. We don't have to share the gospel because many of us, most Christians, are not saved. That's right. They're not saved. That's they right. don't know what it's all about. And it's they saved. came to Jesus. They came to Jesus because of what Jesus could do for them. So I got all these hands up. I want to try to get to. I got so oh, I got so much I got to share. But look, look, let me tell you something. I don't want I don't want to hear your whole story. I want to know how you came to Christ. Kimberly, go quick. Okay, Coach, I was young, and I grew up in a Lutheran church, but we had a very interesting pastor. Before he would confirm us after three years of confirmation, which was rare in those days, we had to take a 400-question test on Passion Week alone. He was so serious between John the Baptist, the triumphal entry, and what happened to Jesus and why. And he really taught us that well. Well, we got to confirmation. We had had a personal interview with him. And that morning, I remember so seriously sitting up there. We learned reverence, awe, fear of God, and that he was God and we were not. And that he was um, somebody we could come to know. But we also had this reverence and fear and awe of him. And I love that they taught us that. That morning, I'm sitting up there. 
And in spite of the things that we had to recite that day, in my heart, I remember so clearly just saying, Lord, I don't even know how to follow you, but I want to follow you. I want to have my life follow you. And I, I just, I'm just giving it to you because I don't know what else to do. And I just okay. clearly remember the whole day, the sermon, everything. And I know that God touched me that day. And I've been sometimes walking backwards, but mostly forward, walking for him. Amen, Kimberly. Kathy, quickly. Then Betty. Okay, Coach. Um, I uh, was baptized as a baby, brought up in the Catholic Church. And um, I, I, at a young age, I started um, not believing what they were saying. Um, first of all, I knew in my heart that a baby can't accept Christ. And then they were talking about anyone who dies with a scapula on goes straight to heaven and all these things that didn't make sense to me. So I turned away from the Catholic Church, started going to different churches. And it was on an Easter service where it really just struck me what Jesus did for me. And I knew that I had to be baptized again because it had to be my choice to take Jesus. And, and that's how I feel that day was really my day of true conversion. Amen. Lorna, Lorna said this. She said, I said the sinner's prayer at 16 years old. Anybody say amen to that one? Didn't even know what the heck you were doing. Said the sinner's prayer. But seven years ago, yes. in one month, I reached rock bottom and completely surrendered my life and repented. She knows where and when she met him, right? She knows where and when. A few months later, after being attacked by the enemy for months, the Lord said to me, perfect love casts out all fear. And not, uh, longer, and not long after that, Jesus gave me the peace that I never knew before. Where did you meet Jesus? If you can't talk about a salvation experience or as George H. No, Grandpa Daddy Bush said, well, I never had a road to Damascus experience. If you didn't have a road to Damascus experience, you ain't saved. Sorry. Sorry. Rich. Yeah, I um, same way. I was little. I was less little. I, I don't know how little I was, but I was little and I had, that, had to read, the, you know, did the sinner's prayer. But it wasn't until 1989 um, on Easter. <laughs> at Easter dinner, my wife made, my ex-wife made, she said, eh, how'd you like dinner? And I said, I loved the best one you ever made. She says, that's great, because I want you out of here. <laughs> and, I, and at that time, I went out, we, we rented a farmhouse, and I went out to the barn, and I cried out to the Lord in there, because I was afraid of my salvation. Cause it, wasn't, afraid- it wasn't rich, it wasn't the love of the Lord? It wasn't all these wonderful things he was going to do to you. You hit rock bottom. No, I was afraid of breaking this covenant that I made with him when I married. Ah. Him. And 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 it took me it took me a little time to figure out that you know she was the one causing this to happen, not me. And uh, and the that fear I had of him, I feel like is when I when I started to accept him and realize what he was all about and to grow from there. Before that, I was a pew warmer. Amen. Amen. Me too. Listen, listen. If I get, if I hear every life story, we're never going to get through this. I'm going to pick a couple more, and I'm, I'm going to move on. I know, I know. Betty's busting get in here. Go ahead, Betty. Yeah. Well, yeah. You. My thing keeps going off, and I don't know why, but I'm sorry. Just tell, it, just tell us. Yep. But anyway, uh, I was in abusive, uh, sexual abusive uh, slave farm for ten years, 
And when I was 13, it was either suicide or Jesus. And when I woke up, I was in the front of the pew or in front of the church giving my life to Jesus. So it so was either, wasn't the best life now. Wasn't the best life now come forward and Jesus wants to be your best friend and have you sit on his lap. Wasn't any of that stuff? No, none of that. Steve Deck, come on in. Yeah, it was uh, 2016. I, I'm on a job site stressing out with all these demands about scheduling. And finally, the Lord said to me, when are you going to surrender to me? And uh, I said, all right, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. I'll surrender. And then once I, once I did that, I had all my anxiety left me immediately. And, and I had I had energy, joy in the Lord. And then everybody tied every, since that moment on, everybody goes, uh, you know, started jamming me up with a schedule. I always laugh in their face and say, hey, listen, it's God's schedule, not yours. But anyway, God was always good. And and I've read the I, I've said the, the the prayer of salvation prior and during or what I can't remember exactly when through 2013. <clears throat> on, but 2016 was the pivotal time when the Lord spoke to me and I surrendered. Amen. Amen. Listen, I know y'all want to get in there. I know I ask. I got, listen, I got to finish the point or we're not going to get down. Go to, uh, what, what number is it? Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews, number, go number four. Number four. I'm going to read it fast because I got a lot of stuff I want to get in here. Folks, listen. It's the fear of the Lord that keeps you on the straight and narrow. Not the love of God. Not the love of God, no matter what they tell you. It's the fear of God. It's the same thing that kept me in line when I was a little kid, was knowing that mom was going to tell dad. And if I knew if I was going to, going to tell dad, I was, didn't want dad cracking my butt. It was the fear of my dad that kept me on the straight and narrow. The fear of my father. Not to love him. I always knew he loved me. He got me anything I want. But boy, when he looked at me and said, boy, I ain't telling you no more. I knew what he was talking about. You understand? And we're spreading, we're spreading a love gospel and not a fear gospel. Fear is your friend. It's the fear of the Lord that drives us to repentance. The fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen, Coach. Hebrews 10, 23 through 31. I'd have Joe read it, but he reads slower than me. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without labor, wavering, for he's faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much more that as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that we've received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for our sin. That's pretty heavy right there, isn't it, friends? Huh? Amen. That's pretty heavy right there. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Oh, how much sorer punishment Shall you, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden under the foot of the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done this despite the Spirit of grace. For we know that, for we know him that has said, Dude, I'm going to get even because vengeance belongs to me and I'm going to pay you back, says the Lord. The Lord shall judge his people. It is a 
hurtful thing to fall into the hands of a loving God. Amen. It's heavy, isn't it? I don't mean it to be heavy. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. They have lied up one side of the hill and down the other side of the hill on us about grace, 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 love, 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 mercy, mercy, mercy. Folks, <laughs> oh, it's the fear of the Lord that drives us to repent. I have another one. Wait, I got another one. I'm going to let some of you get in here. Somebody say, uh, uh, Coach, uh, we needed this. Go ahead. Somebody say, I'll wait for you and say, Do we it. Need it. <laughs> we needed this. We needed it. Go down to uh, James 2. James 2. Down, last one. I didn't even put a number on James, Last one. James 2, beginning of. Uh, uh, going no, I want you to go down to about ten. I think it is. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't make this very clear. Okay. Uh, if you go to go to eight, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well, but if you have respect to persons, in other words, you have favorites, you commit sin. And are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, guilty of all of them. New Testament, by the way. For he said, for he that said, do not commit adultery, also said, don't kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet you kill, what well, you're a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and do so as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. What? What's the law of liberty? The law of liberty in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For he shall look for God, he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against Judgment. Who are you to judge? You know what they tell us? Who are you to judge? You're not supposed to judge. Don't be judging. You're judgmental. Huh? Mercy rejoices against judgment. Because if I give some advice to you in form of judgment, and you receive it with a humble spirit, you will correct your path, and you will prosper. If I give you truth, and it sounds like judgment to you, and you get mad, and you don't correct it, you will not be successful. What does it profit, my brother, though a man says he have faith, but he doesn't have works? Can his faith alone save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you saying to them, oh, brother, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and you don't do a daggone thing to help the guy get a meal, you don't give him a buck, you don't do anything, what good is it? So even so, faith, if it doesn't have works, ain't even worth a hoot in hell. Being alone. Yeah, a man can say, well, thou hast faith, and I go to church, and I'm singing the choir, and I'm an elder, and I do all my tithes. And Well, show me your faith without your works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. Now, believers, that there's one God, you do well, dudes. Because the devils, they believe that too, and they're shaking in their daggone boots. 
but will you know, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. There is no life to it. Come on in, Tom. And Clay. I got more. Uh, sorry, Coach, it's me. I just picked up Tom Tom. Um, okay, listen, um, let's make this easy, Emma. From now on, just speak whoever it is. I know you and Tom are married to each other. And okay. I'll share. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I was saved in an old-fashioned uh, revival in my, the little church where I grew up when I was 12 years old. And uh, I did take what they called catechism because we were EUBs. That was before we became Methodist. And uh, so I got some instruction, but uh, when I went to Otterbein, I shared the four spiritual laws with, uh, um, I don't know, a couple of people. And one of them claimed to be saved. And, uh, you know, I didn't know uh, how to really help her out after that. I told her to read the Bible, but, you know, I didn't really give her good instruction because I hadn't had a whole lot myself. So, yeah, you're the, you're right. The fear of the Lord is not only our strength, but it drives us to the Lord. I'm going to tell you this, folks. I, uh, rare is the man, rare is the man who receives Christ when he's on the top of the world. When everything's gone great, his life is good, no bills, beautiful wife, children healthy, chickens laying eggs. I got in God with the Lord. Amen. God doesn't go to the Lord. And could it be that some of the trials and tribulations that come into our lives, I hate to tell you this. Oh, you go, you're going to go to heaven with a crown. Do you know that? And you're going to throw your crown at his feet. Now, what's in that crown that you have? Somebody said, well, it's how many people you got saved. I think it's this. I think you're getting married, merit badges. See, they tell us that, uh, Coach, it's not by works, not by works. You start preaching our works gospel, Coach. Don't do that. No, 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 no. But I think every time you overcome a trial and a temptation and a down spot in your life, I think you get a merit badge. I think, I think you get a merit badge. I think victories in this present world lead to rewards on the other side. Not good deeds I've done, folks. Not good deeds. Enduring to the end. Working out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Going and overcoming something that I was afraid to overcoming, overcome. Stop doing something. Getting victory over the flesh. Stop eating too much. Stop smoking marijuana. Stop looking at pornography. I think when those temptations come and we get victory over those temptations, I think I get a merit badge. Now, I can't prove it. I can't prove it. But see, we look at all of those things as attacks of the enemy when it might be a testing ground that the Lord has permitted to come into our lives so that we will get victory over it, that we will learn to walk a victorious life, victorious life, not having a big house and big cars. No, no, a victorious life and that you are trampling the evil one under your feet in the midst of trials and temptations. That gets you a merit badge. Amen. Amen. That's the way I see it. 
And we go out and tell people, we want people to go get saved because life's going to be so much easier. My life got harder. It got harder. I can't just smack people in the mouth where I want to. I can't kick them in the balls. I can't do that anymore. I can't call them an MFR. My life got harder. We tell them lies. We tell them their life's going to be wonderful when they come to Jesus. And then when something, some trial comes into their life, they fail. And they're done. Because that wasn't what they were sold at the store. At the store, they were sold their best life now. Clay, come in, then Jeff. My By the way, I'm, hammering, I'm all over today. Go ahead, Clay. My uncle in- introduced me to uh, Christ in a little Mississippi church when I was a teenager, giving his testimony. And, uh, and then when I was in my early, mid-20s, I really needed him bad, and he was there for me. I had tears coming out of my eyes. I left burn marks on the sides of my face, mm. and he was there for me. And then, uh, you know, I was a believer, and I loved him, but I realized here just a just in the last few years that I've been getting a free ride ever <laughs> since I've been, I've been trusting on Jesus and expecting him to do everything. And I wasn't living for Jesus. And I really wasn't that happy coach. And now the happiness doesn't come from all these things that you get. The happiness comes from serving the Lord. Amen. Now, Amen. I love the Lord and he's there with me every day. And that's my testimony about it is you got to, you got to quit getting that free ride before you're going to get the peace. We got to quit telling people it's a free ride. That's why we're in the mess that we're in in Christianity. Nobody wants to fight against anything. We think it's all bread and b- b- roses and whatever. That's why we. That's go ahead, Jeff. Come on in, then Rochelle. Coach, real quick. When I was twelve, got saved. Still got the Bible they wrote it in. When I was, I think it was in 1995, got saved at an Amway seminar on a Sunday. Now here, all along, I'm thinking I'm saved. So now all of a sudden. I'm years of 22 beers a day and 10 joints. I crashed Mary Jane's. I crashed Mary Jane's brand new Jeep. I was supposed to be at an Amway meeting that night. Laying in the hospital in my suit. Now I come home 10 o'clock the next morning. She never missed a day of work ever in 27 years. Never late. I crashed her Jeep. She paid cash for it. I am in big trouble. Now I got the fear of God and the fear of Mary Jane. That was it. Done drinking, done with the drugs. Then finally, Got my act together. Took a tragedy. It wasn't, it wasn't the good news, right? Huh? You know what the good news is? The good news is you ain't dead, but I could squash you tomorrow, by the way. By the way, you deserve to be squashed. The good news is I ain't going to squash you. There's redemption for you. That's the good news. huh? Hey, the good news is you don't have to pay for your own sins. The bad news is you got to live life, baby. <laughs> huh? And I'll be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But there's a road to hell in front of you that you're going to have to navigate your way around. That's the gospel, I think. Michelle and Roger. Good morning, team. Um, yeah, you know, I think I did believe in the love of Jesus. You know, it felt good. Um, but I did, I did not believe that anything supernatural in the Bible. I didn't believe he raised from the dead. I didn't believe that Jonah was swallowed by a big fit. None of it. Um, and then I was at a church service. It was actually an Easter service, believe it or not. And there was, they did a play where Judas told the story from his perspective and, um, brought in a lot of significant facts. And I really did come to believe that he did rise from the dead and all that stuff uh, was true. And then I kind of discovered that I was really more like Judas than the other disciples. 
and mm. um, that'll snap you straight. So it is. Yeah, because you know what, Rachel? Listen, listen, hey, folks, you better hear me. Some of you got some Judases in your life you got to kill. Uh, uh, you, you are, you guys, all of us, we have all kinds of moments when we be- betrayed Jesus. You can say amen if you want to. All kinds of time when we claim to be saved and betrayed Jesus. When we claim to be saved, and more than anything, the truth needs to be spoken, and we won't speak it because we have that Judas alive inside of us fighting every day because it's hard to do the hard thing, right? It's hard to do what's right. It's hard to do what's right. Say it again. It's hard to do what's right. Come on, Roger. I was at a fellowship of Christian athletes gathering. I was 16. I came to Christ because I realized I was a sinner. And I remember it as if it happened yesterday. Uh, The other thing, Dave, real quick. Why don't we ever have service like victory services over things like instead of how bad life is and jesus will take care of you and why don't yep. we ever have a service of victory over sin a devil stopping one right huh let, let, let's have a service where hey let's have a sunday's all of you delivered from alcohol come on up front here come on up here let's do a victory dance over defeating alcohol hey how many of you out there let's have a service defeating uh, pornography. Come on up here. That's, they used to have a porn problem. You overcome him, blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and you love not your own life. Meaning what? Your testimony is so powerful, you don't care what people think when you tell your testimony because you love not your own life anymore. And you're going to testify to the Lord about the wonderful things that he did in your life and you're going to get a merit badge, and someone else is going to come to the Lord when they hear what you overcame, because they're fighting with it too. Come on in, Gene. Merit badges. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was on mute. Yes, um, I was saved when I was 12. It took the step to be saved, because I was in a Sunday school class, and we all just uh, was there, and there were several of us. The teacher asked us, do you want to become a Christian? Because I've been told, raised in a church, saying you need Christ in your life. And, you know, and I knew that he died on it, and I believed that, but you need to take a step. So I raised my hand, and I was saved. And then they, after a while, they had a baptismal service, and they wanted to know if I wanted to be baptized. And the devil worked with me very hard. He, oh, you, you didn't take a step. You wasn't saved. But anyway, they asked me some questions, and I felt comfortable about it. Yes, and I was baptized. But see, I was living with some non-Christian parents. Mm. And uh, I was saved, but my folks always took us to Sunday school, and my dad always went uptown, went to the coffee shop, you know, and then came back and picked us up. But then one day... My mom was saved first, and then my dad turned his life around and became a, a, a Christian. And, uh, sorry. And uh, he uh, changed his life just like that, and then I started questioning my salvation. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, did I become saved? Because I saw the change in this man's life. And yeah. then one day I heard Billy Graham say, have you ever doubted your if you've made a step, do you, does the devil ever make you doubt your salvation? And that was me he was talking to. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
If you do, go take a stick. Go behind the barn. When I was a farm, I lived on a farm. Pound a stick in the ground and say, devil, I've given my life to the Lord, so don't tempt me anymore. And then I did that. And every time the devil questioned me, I just says, look, you know I did. You saw me do it. Amen. So, 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 sorry, sorry, Gina, Gina. So, friends, are you saved or did you just walk an aisle and say a prayer? Because those ain't the same thing. They're not the same things. Janine, then Paul. In Proverbs 12, 4, it states, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. The woman is that final church. And those crowns, if you look up crowns, in um, the 1828 dictionary, it's an honorary distinction, a completion and an accomplishment. It's we finished the fight. We're complete. So when we lay down our crowns, it's his righteousness of thanksgiving to him. Amen. Paul Goslin and Kevin. I don't think I can count how many times I've been saved. It's kind of the way I look at it. Well, there's a difference between the eternal salvation, accepting Christ as your Savior, and his miraculous intervention into our lives. That's his promise, that he'll intervene. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. But if you cannot point at a time, and folks, listen, I'm just telling you, if you cannot point at the time where you had a radical transformation, when I received Jesus Christ, tonight I received Jesus Christ, I tell people, it did for me what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. I got up the next morning. I was not the same. I can from I mark my life from that day forward. I, 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 did that happen to you, or were you just raised Methodist, just born Presbyterian, raised in a Christian home? My dad took me to church. I've been in church my whole life. Really, really, Kevin. I'm going to get to you, Myra. I'm going to let you close us out here today. Go ahead, Kevin. Every everything you just said there, Coach, is what applied to me. I I walked down the aisle when I was seven years old, and and a seven year old doesn't truly understand that. But the the one that makes the most difference, the one where I was reconvicted, you were there, February eleventh, twenty eighteen. You were there that day. I will never mm. forget. Amen. Why? Because you. You stepped into a phone booth and you went in Clark Kent and you came out Superman, right? How can you, folks, how can you not know when that happened? How can you not know when that happened? How can you not know when that happened? Instead, you walk an aisle and some pastor tells you you got saved and they put a notch on their book, on their, in their books. Joe, 28 saved this month. Hey, 28 saved this month. And the world's just as wicked as it ever was because those 28 people that are saved, they got saved for them. They didn't get saved for the Lord. They're not grateful that he paid their debt. They're not grateful that he paid their ransom. They're not grateful about that. They don't don't care about that. They're going to heaven, man. They're not grateful. Do you guys ever have have somebody pay do something for you? I'll never forget the day. I'll never forget the day. I was up at Sky High. I just purchased Sky High. And, huh. There's so overwhelming stuff I couldn't couldn't do. I knew I was supposed to buy the property. I bought it. There was so much work to be done. And I was having an argument with a couple guys, and they said, oh, we, need a, we need a skid steer. We need a skid steer. We need a bobcat. 
get a bobcat, 30,000, I can't get a bobcat. I said, use that tractor. No, no, we need a skid steer. And I got up, the phone rang. I'm sitting in the garage and the phone rang. And I got up and I looked down and said, Randy Lunsford on my phone. I'd only known Randy a couple years. And I walked out and put the phone to my ear. Hello, Randy, what's up? Hey, hey, coach, uh, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Hey, coach, listen, uh, Lord, uh, I got an old bobcat sits around here. My, you know, I do concrete. I got an old bobcat here. Lord told me that you probably need that thing. I'm going to send you that bobcat. I remember that day. When God does supernatural intervention in your life, friends, you'll never forget it. You'll never forget it. And he's constantly doing it, supernatural intervention in my life. But it's only because of the great supernatural intervention at the beginning of my new life. That born again experience, that transformation that took place. Bible says, Behold, you shall be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've been transformed? Well, you just got religion. You've just always been in church your whole life. Jesus just has always been your friend. And when you get in trouble, you always prayed to him. Well, that's all you're doing. The Bible says if anything works involved with it, it's all dead. If your faith is only for you, you ain't got faith. Sorry. If it's just what you can get. Myra, go ahead and pray. You've been there a long time. I know you put a lot of time into it. Come on in. Coach, it is your show. I'm more than happy to. I will do that. Thank you so much. Okay, so we read in Second uh, Timothy three five King James Version, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Okay, Holy let's just Christ. stop. Let's just stop right there, Myra. Stop. Just pray from there. Just go to your prayer. That you say that again, and then just go to your prayer. All right. Um, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, King James Version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, things are become new. Right, there it is. Go ahead. Keep going. It's good. Keep Proverbs going. 18.22, King James Version. Whosoever who findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Oh, man. Amen on that one. And obey the favor of the Lord. Philippians 1.3. 3 to 11, King James Version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 1 Corinthians 2, 14, Amen. King James Version. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritual discern. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, King James Version. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. John 8, 44, King James Version. Ye are of your father the devil, and the loss of the father he will do. He must moderate from the beginning and about in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Amen, Myra. Amen, Myra. Got to cut your prayer off, folks. Listen, no some, of you out, some of you out there right now, when this show's over, you need to get in your car. You need to go sit on a couch. You need to retreat to your room. You need to go down into your basement. 
And you need to be honest with the Lord and say, you know what? I've been playing this religious Christian game my whole life. And I have to confess, I never really knew you. Lord, make yourself real to me. I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Cry out to the Lord. You don't need some pastor. You don't know Billy Graham. You don't need T.D. Jakes. You don't need Joel Osteen. You have the Holy Spirit. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See you tomorrow.